Turn in your Bibles. We're going to be in Matthew 25 today. For some of you, this will be incredibly satisfying. But uh, Matthew chapter 25, verses 31. It's a long passage all the way through the end of the chapter. Remember, we're talking about faith and discipline this year, and uh, and today is the sixth discipline of six. Uh, we've gone through the five. And this is the sixth one and the sixth discipline, according to the uh, the devotional book that I've used uh, in the past and, and still like to sort of keep a check with or touch base with is um, the sixth one is, is that we minister to others. God's called every Christian to minister, to be ministers. And so that God wants us, thank you, Lee, <laughs> providing my stool for me there, so don't fall down. All righty. Um, minister to others and and the passage that that god more or less led me to there's several passages that deal with with the christian the follower of jesus and their their love for a minister to others this one uh, is probably one of the more controversial ones so here we go ready verse 31 when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him then he will sit on his glorious throne All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left and then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat and I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them truly. I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will also say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry. You gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't take me in. I was naked and you didn't clothe me sick and in prison. You didn't take care of me. Then too, then they too will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or without clothes or sick or in prison and not help you? Then he will answer them, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Pray with me, all righty. Father, I thank you again and just praise you for this day, a day that, God, you've given for us to rejoice and to be glad in you. And, and God, indeed, to celebrate your love for us. And, and God, this passage even speaks about uh, those that, that uh, receive the grace and mercy of your love and and god i thank you that you have indeed called us out we wouldn't be here if you hadn't and god you purposed that we would gather in this place and that god we would hear from you this morning and so god i do pray that it's not my words god it's your word that we hear today that god we'd understand what it is that you expect and you call us to and and god that we would be at peace about the things that we don't know everything about and that god we would uh simply draw near to you as we were singing just a moment ago and we pray it in jesus name amen there are things in life that i've had the opportunity to study that i had no interest in okay (laughs) and for some reason i had to study them right 
Uh, I have told you guys, see, um, some of you love to fish, right? You even had a great conversation with Carl back there this morning. Uh, over the last few weeks, Carl got to go ice fishing. You know what ice fishing is? That's when you freeze. <laughs> and and you stand in a little hut, and there's a hole in the ice, and, and you just drop a thing in the ice, and, and you just wait for something to happen. And hopefully some frozen fish swims by and catches a whiff of whatever you've dropped in there and decides to bite it, and then you pull the fish up through the little hole. I love it that Carl got to enjoy that and experience that up in Fargo or Minneapolis or wherever he happened to be, because I don't think anybody goes there intentionally, um, <laughs> particularly in the wintertime. Anyway, there are things I've... I, I, fishing doesn't interest me, and, and most of you have heard me say that before, and, 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 and there's this big thing about, well, you're a pastor and you don't like to fish? What, what? No, I don't like to golf either. Can I just say this, and, and y'all get mad at me if you want to, but otherwise forgive me. I really don't enjoy studying the end times. Just not particularly interesting to me you know i love studying god's word and how it has an impact on me today and yet i grew up in a time when dad was the like i've told y'all before dad was the revelation pastor anytime there was a group in the church that wanted to study revelation well that was dad you know him and all his stack of Hal Lindsey books right and then, and then, you know, uh, came the whole series of reading the left behinds and, and, and man, folks got really, you saw people that had no idea who Jesus was walking through airports with left behind under their arm, right? All that. I didn't even finish the series. I mean, I started reading them, but I didn't finish. It just was not the thing that just, ah, I just am not enamored with it. Well, this passage today, I think deals with the question of ministering to others more than it deals with the end times. And yet when you listen to podcasts and preaching about Matthew 25, what everybody gets into is the end times because Jesus is answering a question that his disciples asked him in 24. In chapter 24, his disciples say, when will you Come back to establish your kingdom. How will we know that it's near? And so Jesus begins teaching them about the end. And here's what he says. And this is, all right, here's what Bobby says he says. You better be ready. He doesn't tell them this is when. He doesn't give them a date. He describes the season. He tells of the times. He tells what's, what's some of the conditions and what they're going to look like. But he says, you better have oil in your lamp. And you better have used the gifts and talents that God's provided for you for his kingdom's sake when I come back. That's what I think the main focus of this is. Now, having grown up in the very dispensational household I grew up in, you know, I happen to be one of those people who prefer that before there's real bad times coming, I want to be out of here. 
You know, I happen to want to be that guy that leaves at the beginning of the seven, not in the middle or the end. When the end of the seven happens and, and, and maybe, maybe that's where this takes place, this glorious return and, and, and Jesus and all his angels come down to huh, establish a, a millennial thousand year kind of reign rule, whatever that's going to look like. Okay, fine. Yeah, I can go with that. And then Revelation 20 talks about the great white throne of judgment. Is that this same picture or not? Well, there's all kind of ideas and opinions as to when Matthew 25 takes place. I'm going to answer it the same way I answer all these questions. I don't know. Now, I have an idea of the way I'd love to see it play out. But if it doesn't play out the way I think it's going to play out, I'm not going to get all up in, in heaven and go, well, now, wait a minute. Right? What I'm going to do is make sure that as each day rises, in as much, and you're going to hear this phrase later, in as much as it is up to me, I am going to live what God has called me to live and be who God's called me to be. Okay? When? How will we know? Between Matthew 25 and Revelation 20, the dead are judged according to works and nations are judged and, and some are judged based on the books of life and there are other books. And what? I don't know how it's all going to play out. I just don't know. And to be honest with you, the Bible tells us some things that we can encounter and things that we will experience. But the thing that it doesn't tell us is the wind. And so people get so bound up in wanting to be able to, well, this happened on this date, and so this is going to happen on this date, and this is going to happen on this date. And I'm going, and if it doesn't, well, are you going to pitch a fit and stomp before the throne of God that he didn't do it the way you understand it's supposed to happen? No. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about ministry about ministering to others serving others serving others within the body of christ and by some extension serving those outside the body of christ now what do i mean by that well this one specifically refers to brothers and sisters okay so so something in the context of this is how we treat the body and within the body doesn't really make a whole lot of mention of folks outside the body because those would not technically be brothers and sisters okay so let's take a look at it when the son of man comes in his glory all right so does this judgment take place here on earth because the son of man has to come as opposed to us going to stand before the throne of god okay son of man comes in his glory all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate them one from another, just as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. So he'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. I have heard church groups describe other church groups as sheep and goats. And I'm going, I think you missed the point of the passage. I think you missed the whole love, serve one another, brother, sister thing here. Not, not stand on one side of the room and go, yeah, you're on the left. Do you know that from where you're sitting, that's the right, but from where I'm standing, that's the left? 
Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Those who are blessed and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. See, this is the establishment of of God's intent for eternity. And there seems to be some behavior issues involved here. You ready? For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. And I was a stranger and you took me in. And I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. So so what is it that we're doing? What is it that God expects us to do? What is it that God wants to see in our lives? What is it that 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 God has sort of uh, uh, prescribed for followers of Jesus, those blessed by my Father, those those who will inherit the kingdom of God? There is a behavior pattern that 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 that, that God has prescribed for us, and it's about serving one another. You know, I look at this and I go, okay, what? This this is 30, I don't hardly ever will I deal with 15, 16, 17 verses from the pulpit because there's just so much in here. But when I read this passage, and, and some call it the parable of the sheep and the goats, some texts just say the sheep and the goats because it's not really a parable. This is Jesus talking about Judgment. And what he's saying there is, is there is a behavior that the blessed of God, those who inherit the kingdom of God, will engage in. There is a behavior prescribed by God, expected by God, that will be judged by God. See that? I I think this is the focus of this passage, not when. And not in what order it falls. Jesus' response to them. Now, I love it that the honesty in, in, in this account, they're, they're like, well, wait a minute, Jesus. What do you mean we visited you in prison? I, I don't remember you being in prison, Jesus. What do you mean you were hungry and we fed you? I, I don't... You know, I think I would have remembered sitting down at the table with you, Jesus. Right? I mean, they very honestly go, we didn't do it. Don't, don't, don't bless us for something we didn't do, Jesus. And then he says, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. One. Folks, is it more important that we know the timeline? Is it more important that we we're able to tell people that that's what whatever this was that happened in the news this week, boy, that's right there in chapter and verse. Is that what's important? Or is it more important that we see the hungry person and we minister to them? Is it more important that 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 person in need has somebody come to their need? You know, I'm just going to make it funny. 
Because that's just how I do. When we're standing before God, judgment of the nations or great white throne or judgment or whatever it looks like, do you anticipate Jesus going, all right, you guys got the timeline right. Yay! You didn't. Or is he going to stand from his throne and get up and go, you guys loved people enough to give and to serve and to sacrifice and to provide and you didn't. See? What do you think is more important in this passage? I mean, I know I've been reading this passage for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I, I've studied it in the past. And I've stu- Y'all know something? I promise you, not since I had my Daniel Revelation class in Bible study have I done an intensive study in the end times. I haven't. I don't. Forgive me to, for equating it to fishing, but it just doesn't interest me at this point. Okay? I know there's going to be a judgment. I know there's going to be an end of all things. I just want to make sure that I'm living today so that when I do stand there, God's going to go, well done. Enter into your rest. Thank you for loving me that much. Wow. You see? Because it goes on. And, and, the, and the phrase, in as much, I think that's the point of this lesson. In as much as it is dependent on you, what are you going to prioritize in your life? What are you going to make the focus of who you are? That you had a, 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 a concrete understanding of the, the weeks and months and... and, and <laughs> Forgive me for saying red heifers, but red heifers. And I've heard people preach this stuff. And I go, how does that, how does that serve the body of Christ? How does that advance the kingdom of God? Because I remember in the 70s being scared to death that I was going to show up at the house one day and mom and daddy would be gone because I had been a bad boy that day. I admit it. And, and then I remember hearing that phrase, you know, well, Twinkling of an eye when you least expect it. So I'd ride around on my bicycle. Okay, could be now. Could be now. Because if I expect it, it ain't going to be now. That's the thinking of a 13-year-old kid. But would it have been more important to teach me to love the kid without the bicycle? Or the kid that didn't have any friends? You see what I mean? What's more important about this? He'll say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat and I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't take me in. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you didn't take care of me. And they do go, wait a minute. I would have remembered that meal where I didn't set you a plate, Jesus. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. So what are we doing? What is it that we, as followers of Jesus, 
What is it that we as Christians, what is it that we, the body of Christ, the church, what are we doing? Are, are we prioritizing? You know, some sort of cross-reference between the book of Revelation and the newspaper? So that we can go out into the community and say, Oh, the end is near! Go ahead, put on a sandwich board and walk up and down the street. The end, that was a comic strip when I was a kid. The end is near. When I was a kid, yeah, that was a, that was a joke. Now, I'll be honest with you. Do I think the end is near? Pfft, wouldn't surprise me. Could be tomorrow. Could be. <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Therefore, preceding these verses in this chapter is there were ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom. Five of them had oil in their lamps and five of them didn't. Five of them were not ready for the return. And nobody told them when the return was coming. So they were supposed to be ready all the time. Talents. I've given you gifts, abilities, and talents to serve the body of Christ, to advance the kingdom of God to be able to proclaim and show a world that is lost and dying the love of God. And if you bury them in the ground and don't use them, Jesus doesn't look favorably on that. Okay? What are we doing? Does our behavior reveal our faith? Does our behavior prove that we have life in Jesus Christ? See, do people look at us and go, wow, there's something different about you. There's something, something incredibly loving about you. Who are we serving? Is it, is it just... Okay, look, I'll serve you, but not them. Or I'll serve you, but not those folks down the street. See, in serving others, in ministering to others, it's not them we're serving. It's Jesus that we're serving. You know? That's the thing. I mean, I'm a pretty harsh individual. I've told you all that before. I admit that. You know? But but the thing is, is that why I'm doing what I'm doing and who am I doing it for? I'm doing it because God loved me and saved me. See? And who I'm doing it for is anybody that, that I get to cross paths with. You know, I... I love trying to encourage people. Just being nice to people, you know. People that in this day and time, because our service industry was wrecked for a little while, you know, I sit down at a rest. I sat down at the Bob Evans Thursday night in Bowie, Maryland, and 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 they they were short staffed and overworked, and all I could do was just smile and say. Hey, 
Hope you're having a great day. Here's what I know. You tip them well, they're having a better day. So you know. I mean, if you're able. Huh? Yeah, see? You see, just love the people that God brings into your orbit. What should we be doing? We should see the opportunity to represent Jesus all the time. Because in as much as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, my brothers and sisters, you have done it unto me. You love that waiter or waitress, right? Because it's Jesus. (laughs) You love the person that's in prison because it's Jesus. You feed a hungry person because it's Jesus. You, you you go and, and, and visit with sick people because it's Jesus. See? The sixth discipline of the six disciplines that we're looking at first was spend time with the Master. Spend time with God. Draw near. Second one was live in the Word. Abide in God's Word. Spend time in the Word of God. The third one was prayer. Praying in faith. Believing that that God hears our prayers. That God works according to His will. And guess what? Some of this question came up afterwards. You know what? That sometimes when God acts, He ordains His actions, but He also ordains your prayers. So pray. Praying in faith. Worshiping together, whether it's in a room like this or, 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 there you go, or at the Holy Ridge Tire. You see? When, when the body of Christ comes together to bring God glory, that's worship. I don't care where it takes place. Meeting together for God's glory. Last week, talking about evangelizing, telling people the good news of Jesus Christ. And then finally, the sixth discipline, ministering to others, serve other people. Be loving to people, because guess what? They get enough hatred from the world. They need to get love from us. I think it's funny that Scott mentioned what the world needs now is luck because that guy died this week. Do you know that? I think Burt Bacharach died this week, didn't he? He's one. Who was it? Is he the one who wrote that song? He died this week. I heard it while I was driving. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't. Even if it's not a Christian song, there's truth in the song. The world needs God's love. And we're supposed to be the ambassadors of God's love. Don't miss that, okay? Because when the bridegroom shows up, you better have oil in your lamp. When the bridegroom shows up, you better have taken the things that he's provided in you and to you and used them for his kingdom's sake. Okay? That's the sixth discipline. The disciplines of our faith. We get to sing another song. Here you go. I'm going to say it like I say it every week. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, this message is not for you. But we want you to know Jesus so this message will be for you. Okay? 
If you don't know Jesus this morning, we want to introduce you to him. We want to tell you about him. We want to tell you about God's incredible love for you. That Jesus died on the cross. That you might have everlasting eternal life. But, but more than just pie in the sky and a sweet by and by, you can have abundant life right now. See? We get to sing one more song and you get to respond to God. So pray with me. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for an incredible love that I can't earn and I don't deserve. Thank you, God, for redeeming me and saving me. But God, help me to recognize that with that, there is a responsibility to live the giftedness that you've placed within me. To live the mercy and grace that you've shown me. To see hurting and lost people with the compassion and love that you have for them. And yes, to share the gospel with them, but God also to, to meet needs. Because in as much as we do it to the very least of these, God, we do it to you. So speak to our hearts this morning in such a way, God, that we understand the priorities of your word. God, I apologize that, that I make it <laughs> less important to know the winds and the what's and the calendar. But God, I don't apologize for seeking to understand the priority of living this abundant life in a world that's dark and dying. God, help us to show the world your love. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.